All right, welcome to Sports with a Cuppa. I'm Jonathan. Cheers. Ah, matka latte from Scooters today. All right, let's start with the NFL. Free agency has opened, and a lot of moves, some big, some small, some trades are starting to 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 come in. I want to focus on quarterbacks right now. Um, Derek Carr signed with the Saints. This was a really good move for New Orleans. Derek Carr is a really good quarterback. I think he he gets overlooked a little bit because he's not winning. He hadn't been winning with the Raiders. They've, they've been missing the playoffs. Most of the time, barely missing the playoffs. But Derek Carr can throw for 4,000 yards with... I mean, his interception numbers are never overly great, but last two years, 14 interceptions apiece. Not his best effort, but still good QBR, good percentage, completion percentage, usually mid-60s, high-60s. And he also stays healthy. That's another thing that I think he doesn't get a lot of credit for. He's very durable. Not to mention he's on a New Orleans team that missed the playoffs by a game. And now Tom Brady's retired and looks to be staying there this time. The Panthers are going to be transitioning to a rookie quarterback, more than likely, now that they traded for the number one pick. And the Falcons are, I mean, they're they're decent, but they haven't done anything to really improve yet. So it's a very winnable division, and now you they, they had a shot at it with Jameis Winston. Now you have Derek Carr. You've got a real legitimate shot and honestly should win that division next year. So that was a really nice pickup. So what did the Raiders do? All right. We lose Carr. We sign Jimmy G. I don't, I don't love this move. No disrespect on Jimmy G, who's a very good quarterback, plays win good winning football for the most part. I mean, before the foot injury last year, he was seven and three, on his way to probably a four thousand yard season. He had you know sixteen touchdowns to four interceptions. I mean, he was playing good football. The problem is, the Raiders just aren't. They're not ready to compete. Not to mention they're in the same division as your Super Bowl champs and a good Chargers team. I don't know if a healthy Jimmy G makes you better than... Well, you're going to be better than the Broncos. You might be as good as the Chargers, but you're nowhere near the Chiefs. And the Raiders were sitting there with the 7th pick in the draft. Now, I don't know if they made an offer to the Bears but the normal pick was there you could have jump started a rebuild with a good quarterback even if you just took a swing and took Richardson number one at least there'd be a little more excitement you know Jimmy G's gonna keep you 
pretty competitive, but playoffs, maybe. You're not winning the division. Then you're way away from competing for a Super Bowl. So I, I think Jimmy probably missed an opportunity. Probably should have looked at staying in the NFC. Which also brings me to Aaron Rodgers. <clears throat> right now the Jets are running all over the place. Trying to sign up all of Aaron Rodgers' favorite targets. Lazard. Cobb. There's a tight end. I forget his name. But there's the same question. Okay, let's say you get Aaron Rodgers. You're in the same division as the Patriots, Dolphins, and Bills. The Bills are head and shoulders better than everybody else. The Dolphins, when healthy, when Tua doesn't have a concussion, they're a very dangerous squad. And the Patriots, you know, depending on which young quarterback they're playing, they're a good squad. So does Aaron Rodgers, with a handful of his favorite targets, make the Jets better than everybody else? Not really. Maybe you're on par with the Dolphins, but I just they're not going to be Super Bowl contenders next year. At least barring any injuries and things. I mean, there's a lot of other variables at play, but I don't love that move for next year. Now, if Aaron Rodgers is able to play two, three years there, give them a chance to evaluate and be able to add pieces, maybe. I'll give I give them a shot. But not right off the bat, no. It's a better move than Jimmy G and the Raiders, but it's not as good as Derek Carr to the Saints. Gives you a chance to win a division, get in the playoffs, and who knows. Speaking same with the NFC, the Cowboys re-signed Donovan Wilson. Good pick, good re-signing. Uh, it's always nice to re-sign, keep the guy that led your team in tackles. Uh, I was hoping the Cowboys would, I'm still hoping they're going to do a little bit more on the defensive side. I know they're focusing in on OBJ, maybe talking to Bobby Wagner, but they really got to improve that secondary. You know where your target is. You've got to be able to beat the Eagles. And they have two outstanding wide receivers. you got to be able to cover them. And as much as I love Diggs, Diggs is not a shutdown corner. He's a playmaker. You've got to get some guys that can handle these wide receivers for Philly. If not, it's going to put too much pressure on the offense. And if you don't improve that O-line... To where they can run the ball. It's not so much about protecting Dak. But you need pushers to be able to open up the run game. Because you're going into next season with the same running backs. But Pollard's coming off of an injury. Zeke is another year older. You know, you're probably going to lose Schultz. But you can, uh, weapons are pretty easy to replace. This day and age. Go get a tight end that can run block. Go get another. You lost McGovern. Okay, go get a... Go get an alignment that can run block, that can push. Give Pollard and Zeke a chance to get to make better plays. 
so you can keep an offense like Philadelphia's on the sideline just a little bit. Don't force Dak to make all the throws because there's still a question. Can he make the throws? So hopefully they can answer some of these questions in free agency. Drafts right around the corner. Hopefully they'll focus on O-line and secondary for me. But we'll see. All right. I'll talk a couple things NBA because they're um, they're not real connected, but you know they're kind of intertwined. Uh, yeah, we got the situation going on with Memphis. John Morant, uh, it's a lingering situation where we don't even know if he's going to face any kind of real punishment. Right now he's in a kind of self-prescribed punishment and now he's in counseling for who knows what. Uh, from the outside looking in, it's I didn't know if there was counseling for idiocy and immaturity. The biggest problem for me with that situation is that there's a pattern behavior. You, know, you had the incident earlier in the season after the Pacers game that may have involved a gun. And then to now where Steven Adams had to call the team meeting. He didn't call that team meeting because of that incident months ago. He called that team meeting because other things have transpired that we're not privy to. And not only is there a pattern of behavior, but Jaw took that meeting in and then that night said, Screw you guys, I'm going to live my life. And that's very, very immature and selfish. Now, I'm not rooting for a suspension because I don't like Jaw or I don't like Memphis. I, I like Memphis. And Jaw, I have nothing against Jaw. But he needs a wake-up call. He needs a real wake-up call here. He's the face of the franchise and one of the faces of the league. He, he needs to wake up and get his act right. And I think the only way that happens is, is not counseling. This counseling, I mean, it it's I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that it's legit, but in all honesty, it just feels like a attempt to get out of a major suspension. But who knows? I'll give him the benefit of the doubt for now. But he needs a wake-up call. And show that your actions have consequences and look what happened. You cost your team a chance at going after a title. Because they have a legitimate chance. Even though I really believe the loss of Brandon Clark is important. He's an important role player for them. But what also is important is the impact it has on the teams around them. Dallas is sitting... in. But eighth place right now. They've got to be pretty comfortable about that. Thinking that, okay, worst case, we have to play Minnesota for the seventh seed. We're okay with that. Because if we finish seventh and Memphis holds on to two, if they don't have jaw, we're going to steamroll them with a healthy Luka and Kyrie. 
if Sacramento leapfrogs them, they got to feel comfortable with that because Sacramento, although good team, really good team with a legitimate home court advantage, they haven't been through it. Not like Luka and Kyrie have. So they got to feel pretty comfortable with either of those scenarios. Now, obviously, they don't want to fall into having to play two playing games or finishing eighth and having to play Denver. But as long as they can hang around 6-7, they got to feel really comfortable. And you all might, and people might be saying, oh, no, there are no one angles for that, for certain matchups, and it's just because of injuries. Like, no, it's because of these situations, because of a situation like Jaw, Dallas can be conservative with their lineups. They don't have to feel like they got to put Luka and Kyrie out there to win games. Many years ago, Memphis legitimately angled to play the Spurs in the first round when they upset us in the first round. They knew they were a matchup nightmare for us. So they angled the end of the season to put themselves in a position for that matchup. I don't care what anybody says. That's what they did. Dallas can do the same thing here and angle for the better possible matchups. Now, of course, that's right now. Two weeks left. Well, not two weeks, but 14, 13 games left of the regular season. They could rattle off a bunch of wins and be the fourth seat. That's still possible. But right now, as it stands, they've got to be like, hmm. Memphis sounds Morant, inexperienced uh, Sacramento team. I, I like where we're at. I like where we're at. If all we got to do is beat Minnesota, who should have Carl Anthony Towns back. They say he's on track. You still got to light their odds against Minnesota. But we, we'll see. We still got, as I said, 14, 13 games left. Like where Dallas is at right now, as far as at least first round matchups. If they run into the Clippers or a healthy Phoenix team, I don't love their chances as much. But that's going to do it for this quick edition. Appreciate the listen. Follow the show on Twitter, SWAC Official Podcast. And I will talk to you all next time.